0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information.
1: Welcome to Smart Sex, Smart Love. We're talking about sex goes beyond the taboos, and talking about love goes beyond the honeymoon. I'm Dr. Joe Court. Thanks for tuning in. All right, on this week's show, I'll be discussing male sexual fluidity and porn. Once upon a time, there was a certain clarity in the world of sexuality. Whether through illusion, construct, or religious bias, the sexual orientations advertised by society were easily and clearly defined. A person's orientation was assumed based on the apparent sex of his or her sexual partner. As time went on, the waters became muddied a bit by acknowledgement of bisexuality, and now we have sexual fluidity in the modern mix. Once upon a time, sexual orientations, heterosexual, homosexual, and even bisexual, were categorically and mutually exclusive. But now sexuality exists on a continuum. But some people can and do move on that continuum across their lifespan. Sexuality can be fluid, varying uh, across time and situation. My guest today is sexual fluidity expert Trey Lyon. A sex positive advocate, Trey challenges the narrative that the human sexual experience is shameful. Trey's writing focuses primarily on fluid sexuality, swinging, and other forms of non-monogamy, as well as the destigmatization of integrating pornography fully into one's sexuality. He's been featured on Dan Savage's The Stranger, Mail Magazine, Fleshbot, and YourTango.com. Trey models a life of sexual self-acceptance, supporting men and women in rejecting sexual shame. Trey's also the founder of Fuck Yeah Friendly Fire, a porn blog originally established on Tumblr in 2011 as the leading edge source for heteroflexible pornography, amassing a quarter million
0: followers. Welcome, Trey. Hey, Joe, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Me too, and
1: there's a lot of words in there that I said that I'm going to want to unpack with you because most people won't understand uh, some of them, and you do. <laughs> <laughs> and the, uh, Please, yeah. Yeah, and your blog is really how I found out about you because – I remember David Lay, a uh, sex therapist and psychologist, uh, had you on his show. It was a video, a YouTube video on "No More Sexual Shame" or something. Was that what it was called? Yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah, we did that a couple of years ago.
1: Right, and and, yeah. and and it was on this topic. And I remember I was thinking, I want to watch this because this is part of my specialty. And then um, then you you talked about this blog, and I went to the Tumblr blog, and it was it's amazing that you had such a following. Did that like how did that uh, impact you?
0: Well, it um, it kind of just grew organically. I started the blog just as a way, originally, to um, archive the kind of you know erotica, the things that you know I found interesting. But then I quickly started finding out that my writing was attracting a lot of people, um, prim- primarily men who didn't see their type of sexual expression shown often in um, pornography or talked about certainly in the mainstream. So it just kind of grew from there. And I started to find in, and create this little community around this type of sexually fluid heterosexual porn. So um, yeah, it's, it's just kind of grown. We, we, we started that in 2011. So this December I'll be celebrating <laughs> we celebrated eight years of being a porn blogger. I love love it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, and when you say their type of porn, the male type of porn, what is the type of porn that you feature in that blog? So people know.
0: Yeah. So I, our little, my little moniker for the blog is leading edge porn because I say leading edge because um, it's a really unique type of, a really unique niche in, heterosexual pornography. It's uh, it's pornography that typically focuses on, on one woman being pleasured by multiple men and how those men interact in a very masculine, manly, heterosexual way with each other, with, uh, in an environment around a woman. And um, gosh, I'm, I'm like stumbling on my words here. No, what, is, do- what, what type of porn do I, is it, this is, you know, I, it's, it's interesting. I, um, I'm not used to verbalizing the type of porn it is. Um, but yeah, it's, it's mostly, um, pornography that features one woman being pleasured by, um, multiple men. And typically there's an element of, um, we like to call it bromance Mm in the, in the pornography where the men interact, certainly not in a homosexual way, but in a way that is not really preoccupied with, um, Gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, certainly not preoccupied with labels or the burden of you know not interacting with the other men or being shameful about the interaction with the other men. It's a it's a really um, fluid heteroflexible type of um, uh, entertainment, if that makes sense.
1: It does make sense. It's very well said. Yeah. You're you're, honestly, you're very articulate about it. And I, and I knew you would be, we've talked before, even when I met you um, in Texas and we sat and ate together, I, I feel like you're you're very, can you uh, explain heteroflexible? Uh, No one, people don't know what that means necessarily.
0: Sure. So heteroflexible is kind of this colloquial term that's used um, to to describe heterosexual sex that is <laughs> that um, does have an aspect of some interaction between some some same sex interaction. Yes. Not yeah. What? So not full on homosexual activity, but men who are interacting. Um, in a sexual way with a woman present, right. if that makes sense. It does. I don't know that I'm describing this very well. You are. So I'll, the top, the, the, the name of the blog is fuck yeah, friendly fire. And the way that that came about is because of a, a porn niche, um, <laughs> uh, called friendly fire cum shots and what friendly fire cum shots are. And I'm just going for the, I'm just going for the juggernaut here, here, Joe, do it. that's cool with you. Go. Yes. Um, are a friendly fire come shot is when a heterosexual male accidentally ejaculates, um, on another heterosexual male. And so, Oh my God, wait a minute. That's so hot. I just got to say
1: that's so hot. Go ahead.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So a long time ago, I was in this online community, uh, probably gosh, 15 years ago or so on uh, online community way before Tumblr, um, where people that were into this sort of, um, cum fetish were uh, gathering and sharing material because we couldn't really find it. You know, no one really, no porn studio, sadly labels, uh, you know, or tags a porn video with friendly fire cum shots. So we were this little community of people that collected these types of, you know, um, clips and uh, where heterosexual men interacted um, incidentally, you know, and, uh, eventually, I was wanting to create a space where all of these types of clips, these heteroflexible types of um, porn clips, were available because I got tired of having to, you know, look in all these different web forums and chat groups and stuff. And so that's kind of where I started. And and, and what I found was that a lot of people were kind of into this more taboo. Type of male sexual expression.
1: That's so interesting, and I I didn't know that about the friendly fire. So that I I never knew that that's what that meant. The origin of it is when a a a male is two men are 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 pleasuring a woman, and they accidentally ejaculate on each other, or one ejaculates on the other. Is that right?
0: Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let me. Yeah, it's pretty popular.
1: (laughs) When I was eighteen years old uh maybe i was 17 because uh my best friend and i we snuck in uh to a porn theater uh and we were allowed in we we were let in nobody checked our id and i remember so i was a gay little kid right and my friend was straight I remember watching porn and, and they showed, you know, the heterosexual couple, mixed sex couples having sex. And then they showed lesbian porn, two women together. And then they, they showed another man come in and he was with, they both pleasured her. And I thought, okay, then the next scene will be two men. I remember I was so naive. It was like 19, I don't even know, 78, 79. And of course that didn't happen. It was very disappointing to me. And here we are almost 40 years later and it still doesn't happen, does it?
0: It doesn't, no. Why do you think it, that it, is? I don't know. I, I think we, we've got some as a culture, especially in the United States. I feel like it's less that way. Certainly when I'm watching um, porn from Europe, I don't feel that. And I, when I lived in Europe, I didn't get the impression that they had as many hang-ups around male sexual. I mean, men were kissing and hugging. and I mean, these were straight men that when they greeted each other would, you know— affectionately embrace and kiss and touch. And I don't know. I just think it's something very uh, puritanical about American culture specifically that leads us to perpetuate the, um, the notion that this type of thing is not, you know, masculine or um, I don't know. what What is when you're, clinical experience
1: well i love that you brought in the you know um the thing the international point of view that it's different and outside of porn males are more affectionate outside of the western uh culture but here it's so taboo that we have to call it you know like you said we have to call it a bromance it can't be a romance <laughs> it, it has to be a man crush it can't be a uh a crush right and now there's a new word have you heard of this word uh bro job Instead of blowjob, it's two straight guys that are horny and a woman's not around, so he's willing to do his friend a favor and give him a bro job. You heard of that?
0: Yeah, I have heard of that. And, you know, part, I, mean, I even perpetuate that. You know, there's a bro job tag on my, you know, on, on content on my blog. Um, and I think part of that is an expression of bisexuality, first of all. Totally. But I think, that, yeah, I think that this helps men that are kind of, they're watching this porn and they find it hot or they're seeing, you know, they're having these feelings or desires and they find it hot, but they don't really identify with a gay label. So it helps them kind of, you know, compartmentalize and it helps them give them their, you know, masculine quote unquote version of what they deem as being too gay for them. And I think what it comes down to and what the shame is, it's a shame that we aren't giving and talking about and educating people around the variety that is of sexuality so that we can let people know and help them find, you know, their classification for lack of a better term. Um, but I think that this is like vernacular that's being created by people that don't see themselves represented in the gay label. Mm -hmm. Um, and some of them don't see themselves represented in the bisexual label. And so they're resisting these labels in general. Um which you know to some degree is i think a sign of progress, i think is a is a great thing, so do i um but yeah yeah
1: yeah i I always say that um there is uh, when, one, when a man has one non heterosexual thought, he's stigmatized. And when a woman has one non heterosexual thought, she's fetishized. So the stigma for men is really what we're talking about 40 years later from when I was a teenager. That still, and what is nice, I love what you're saying, is that getting away from labels, like even heteroflexible, when clients tell me they're heteroflexible, what they mean is I'm mostly, if not only, heterosexual. But every once in a while, someone comes around of the same same gender and I'm able to be sexual with them, but it doesn't, it's not like bisexuality where then it, it generalizes to other people of the same gender. It's just that person, that time, random, incidental. Is that how you understand it?
0: It is. Yeah. And I mean, even me in my own experience as a bisexual male, I came out as bisexual and then I was shamed for being bisexual and told no you're not bisexual you're gay by many many people yes and at the time in my you know in college um uh before I really learned who I am you know I and and I cared way more about what people thought of me I fell for that and I think a lot of this is like now society is really at a point where we can say hey like there's not just this binary experience where either you're gay or you're straight like there's a lot of you know um, wiggle room in there there's a lot of different variations of this and so I think we're just all trying to figure out um, what those are and and I think certainly because we don't talk about sex or sexuality in general enough society certainly isn't talking about about bisexuality enough and so I think there are actually are a lot of bisexual men out there who just don't know that they may be bisexual.
1: Could you speak to a little bit about being an African American man, and if it's different in the African American community, the whole gay and bisexual male issue?
0: You know, I, I hear it is. I hear that it is different. I, I, I'm, I'm a little weird though, so I don't. I, um, I don't know. I just don't really care what people think about me, so I kind of. Um, walk to the beat of my own drum, sort of, so to speak. But I do recognize and and see that there is added stigmatization around sexuality in the Black community. It's weird because I don't really feel that in the Black community, and maybe this was just, you know, obviously I'm just speaking from my perspective, but I don't really feel that there's much sex shame in the Black community. Like, I don't really feel like... Like, porn really isn't that big of a deal. And like, I mean, that oh. my, okay. that's just uh, That's Yeah. Sex, sexuality isn't really shamed per se in the black community. But for some reason, because of what uh, the black male is supposed to, quote unquote, represent in the black community as a strong, masculine, blah, 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 or whatever. Right. Homosexuality, for some reason... Um, is it's still very stigmatized and I, I don't know, I don't know why, because there certainly are a lot of queer black people. Um, but yeah, it is, it's, it is a unique experience. I grew up in a predominantly, uh, white, uh, area and, and went to predominantly white schools my whole life. So I've kind of had my foot in both worlds my whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, when I've been around my extended family, um, you know, I've, had to you know see life through their lens versus the lens that I kind of grew up in, so i I do recognize that that's there but i i, I can't pinpoint why it feels like it's a different experience to other mm-hmm. um, other groups. Do well, you, you get the same feedback?
1: I, I do. Yeah, I do. I, I mean, it's I get different feedback from different experiences from people in different parts of the culture and the world and the country, you know. That's why I, I just like, I like us talking about that because in porn, how it's talked about. So the two points you made, I thought we could be our, our, going to our next place is that, you know, the whole idea, there are threesome porns where there are two men and a woman, but most of it... Is the man is forced so forced bisexuality? There's uh, videos like that, and and then there's the cuck holding, which goes along with what you said about the strong black male. I didn't know that, um, in the straight, in the black community, but I know in the white community, in the cuckolding porn, I, I believe this was created by white, I don't know, where the, the couple's white and she turns to her husband and, and it's all erotic fantasy and you, you blog about this, where she says, you're, you're not sexually satisfying me and you have a small penis, I'm gonna go find a bigger, um, guy with a better appetite to satiate me. And she finds a, uh, in general, it's been fetishized historically as a black man with a big penis can you speak to Mm -hmm. that
0: yeah it's um to me and it's interesting because even in the porn that i blog that i in fact i just ranted about this on the fuck yeah friendly fire twitter account um at fy friendly fire i ranted about this (laughs) last week or in the last week or so there there isn't much black male representation in the type of fluid kind of porn that I represented and, and as a black male you know and I've gotten and especially in the early days of the block I got criticized so heavily about not having diversity in the um, porn that I show as if to say that me as a black man I'm hindering or I'm stopping um, you know I'm, I'm, I'm limiting the you know type of porn that I post um, I'm limiting black males from the porn that I post which isn't true it's a function of the fact that black men aren't participating in the type of porn, not black American porn stars are not participating in the type of porn that I highlight. And I think a lot of that, most of the time when you see black males, uh, a group of black males, multiple black males um, in a, in a, you know, mainstream porn shoot, um, uh, they are typically not interacting and they're, they're behaving in a very stereotypical um way like you mentioned and i for me it's very limiting and so i've been really intentional about changing that perception and, and and showing and i and i do get feedback from black men like wow thank you so much for for your um you know sharing of this type of porn because they feel like something is wrong with them because they're not seeing their form of sexuality represented in the entertainment that they primarily enjoy if that makes
1: sense yeah it does make sense and that's great i don't think i realize that and that's part of you know the whole thing about what's happening in our culture now is we're we're being taught and we should be taught we should know that i i should i wish i'd already known that but i you're just explaining it um raises my awareness that there's an underrepresentation representation of is you're saying both black men and women right
0: yeah well and i mean yeah in the in in the black community i mean it's perpetuated very, I mean, uh, it, at least it feels this way. And I'm speaking as a black male yeah. that, you know, any type of, you know, if for instance, um, double penetration, you know, there's a lot of incidental or collateral contact between men in these types of pornography well when you watch two black men double penetrating in porn sometimes or um double vaginal double anal what have you it just is often a totally different experience than when you're when you watch it um with you know members of a different race and this is something that if you're not keen to it like if you're not black and like, like if you're not trey lion right. you may not notice it but yeah, it seems to me that the role that black males tend to play in porn is a very stereotypical, um, type of role where it's like the, you know, they're being this dominant bull and, you know, emasculating the white male cuckold, yes. which, which is certainly a, a very real part of sexuality. Yes. Um, obviously the, and, and I find it hot myself, you know, and mm-hmm. there are, there's, there's, there's. A variety to this that what I'm I'm intending to show that hey like you can have fun with this this can be about you know pleasing a woman with multiple men bonding with those men in a very masculine way while you do that and it not meaning that you're gay or that you're on the down low which is something that is just grossly perpetuated right it's like if the black men are not serving this very dominant bull you know here to own you know, the white woman role, um, it's like, well, are they secret? They must have some secret desire for the other male or whatever, you know? And so we're, we're attempting to, to, to change that. And so what that's I love, how I intend to use my voice.
1: I love it. No, your voice is so important. And, and what I love about pornography is, well, first of all, I love what Miles Stryker says. He's a, a we interviewed him on one of my podcasts. He says, we're not making love. We're making movies, and so what I love about pornography is that they can play with all of these taboo things in our society, right? And they're, they're learning to play with it more and more heteroflexible, fetish, kink, you know, the bull, the, like you said, it's not a bad thing that there's a strong black dominant, uh, bull male who, uh, do, uh you know, humiliates and, um, you know, uh, makes the white guy feel less than. And it's all very erotic. But when I train therapists or we just talk about it in public in general, people say, well, oh my God, how could somebody want that to happen to them? And why would someone want to be fetishized and why would somebody want to be humiliated? And I always have because to say it's hot. It's hot right. It's <laughs> sexual play. It's playful. Yeah. Nobody wants to walk out of their office and be spit on by a coworker without consent. Right? Unless they said, Hey, you know, right. that turns me on. When I come out of my office, will you do that to me and make me your bitch? You know, that's a different scenario, <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> right. Exactly. The only thing Yeah, it's
1: yeah I just want to ask you one last thing we and um I struggle with i know it's hot for people, I know it's playful. I actually watched it um at a uh was a um a sexual conference I went to where they had people who were dominant and dominatrix and and they it was race play where somebody of color wants to be treated in all the ways we've been taught you know, not to treat black people of color anymore as a slave using the N word, the whole race play thing. And I have to be honest, while I understand why people get into it, it's so uncomfortable even for me to talk about it. And do you have thoughts about that? The whole idea of race play?
0: Mm-hmm. Joe, you're pulling a surprise. On I know. Me. I'm you're sorry. Gonna in, you're going you're to get me in trouble. I'm sorry. We you're don't gonna have gonna to do, do it. it. Yeah, no, we totally can. Um, we won't be able to get into it at length, but, um, Gosh, here we go. So yeah, uh, I don't understand why this is controversial. And also, I find it—I—I um, I, I know that I'm in the minority on this because I see people talking about this on, you know, social media, on, on Twitter and else place, elsewhere, about how it's racist. And I'm just confused because I'm like. Does a racist person have sex with the race that they're, that they hate? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, is a racist white person gonna have sex with a black person? Like, I, I don't know. I, to me, in short, I, I don't find race play to be racist. I also, and I think that, you know, modern sex therapy probably agrees with me. Um, I also, <laughs> not that, not, not, I'm not a therapist, obviously. But maybe you can speak to that, but, um, I also think that, Race play, race sexual play helps people to really work through a lot of their um. What am like trying to say their, own, their issues around race, yes. for lack of a better word, like yes. it, it, it can help you to work through that, and it's also a kind of kinky taboo thing and not unlike you know a woman being spit on and called a dirty bitch and slapped. I mean it's you know like like you said when I'm at work and in my office am I going to want someone to be you know racially degrading me no absolutely not yet in a sexual type of playful way with someone that I trust who I know is really not racist is like is that really traumatizing to me no but I also have done a lot of personal work like I think a, a big key is person to person yes and so like a, someone who carries in them a charge on race. Yeah, probably not a good idea for them to be engaging in race play. Um, you know, someone who themselves needs to kind of work through and evaluate where their perspectives and perception and where their own racism lies. You know, I think that that's an exercise that they probably should go through before engaging in that. Mm-hmm. And I also think a lot of people have to question, like, why am I offended by this? Like, where did I first get the notion that this type of thing would be offensive? Like, yeah. where do these beliefs come from? These are types of things that, this is why I say I'm weird, because I'm a, I'm a person who asks, I say I ask questions and I question answers. So for me, <laughs> like, I, I want to go into that because, and by that, I mean race play, because I'm like, well, why do I have a, why do I have a charge on that? Like, I need to investigate what in me needs to be resolved and healed that could still allow myself to give my power in a way that would take offense to something that obviously I shouldn't take offense to. So for me, no, it's not, it's not a racist issue. I find that to be hilarious because I think it's ridiculous to assert that. I someone appreciate It's having sex with you would be racist. I appreciate and that. If they, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, no. And if they, and if they do have racist, if they are harboring racist feelings, then I think that certainly having sex with someone of a different race would probably open them up to consider a different paradigm.
1: Let me just say this, too, and then we're going to come to an end, is that um, I can just see someone saying when you said, well, would a racist person have sex with a uh, a person they hate? And, and would somebody who is, um, doesn't like somebody who's racist have sex? I can just see somebody saying, yes, it happens all the time through rape. And that's the difference of what you're saying. Rape is not mm. sexual. Rape is, not consensual. is power. It's non consensual. <laughs> It isn't, se- it isn't a race play. It's not sexual play. You're talking about – um and what we've been talking about this whole episode is two consenting partners who want to engage in working through and having fun with all kinds of taboo issues. And um so anyways, I just think that's an important thing to add to it. I, I appreciate you going there because I just think uh, it's an important topic and you don't see it a lot online, but I do hear clients tell me about that. They enjoy that kind of thing and, and all the things you've talked about. Trey, where can people find you online?
0: Um, probably the best place to find me is on Twitter. You can follow me uh, on the Fuck Yeah Friendly Fire Twitter at fyfriendlyfire. Friendly Fire. Um, The website is fyfriendlyfire.com. It's for adults only and open minded adults, those who are looking for leading edge. Um, adult entertainment so yeah that's how you can find me
1: that's great and I love saying your blog name fuck yeah friendly fire thank you Trey <laughs> Lyon for coming on here and talking your truth I appreciate it
0: you got it now hopefully I don't get flamed too bad on the internet for for uh, speaking in defense of <laughs> sexual race play thanks for that Joe <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: sorry I'm probably going to get it too <laughs> well let's bring it on that's what Oprah says bring it on
0: <laughs> alright thanks on. see you
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Smart Sex, Smart Love. I'm Dr. Joe Court and you can find me on joecourt.com. That's j o e k o r t.com. See you next time.